Hello and welcome to the next in my series of studies in John's Gospel. We're going to think about some of the lies that the devil, the evil one, would have us hold on to or think about. I don't know whether you're aware of having recorded messages in your mind. What I mean by this is those things that have been said to us at some point, maybe in our childhood, maybe in moments of conflict, that just don't seem to go away. And they seem to replay in our mind and shape and influence what we hear. It is almost as if everything that we receive verbally comes through this recorded message. For example, it may be that somewhere in our life, or maybe repeatedly, we had someone tell us that we were stupid. And however much we hear from somebody else, our bottom line is we will think, well, I'm stupid. It may be that somewhere along the line we've heard this recorded message in our mind that we are ugly or fat or that we are in some way bad. Now these are very powerful and negative things. They can come from a throwaway comment in a playground when we were children or they can come from repeated um, usage by a parent. Very, very damaging. I think we all have some kind of recorded message. We all have some verbal thought that kind of just replays in our mind that may well be unhelpful and untrue. And that's the bottom line. It's untrue. We're not thick. We're not ugly. We're not stupid. But we've allowed that, those words to take hold of our mind. I want to look at how Jesus talks about the devil and how he talks about the recorded messages that he's planted or risks planting in our mind. The context is John chapter 8, where Jesus is talking to a group of, uh, follow, a group of followers and a crowd as well, and he says to, to the crowd, I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me. And in the last few weeks, we've looked a little bit at these verses and uh, we're just going to take it a step further. Uh, He says to them in verse 28, I'm telling you what I've seen in the Father's presence. And what, uh, whereas what you are doing is what you've heard from your Father. So he's beginning to contrast that what he's heard from from God in heaven, the heavenly Father, when he was there in very oneness with God. And what they are hearing, not from their father Abraham, but he's going to imply from a different father. So, Because they say in verse 39, Abraham is our father. And he says, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do what Abraham did. And we looked at this, um, I think it was last time, that what he means by that is that they're not, they, well, they are biologically descended from Abraham. They're not they're his true children. They're descendants, but they're not true children because they don't do what Abraham did. And what Abraham did, and we looked at this in our last study, was that he welcomed a messenger and an incarnation and a revelation of God. It says that God appeared to him in the form of three people and Abraham welcomes him. And so God, uh, Jesus, sorry, Jesus is saying to these crowds, you're not in line with Abraham because Abraham welcomed the, uh, God's presence among him, whereas you are trying to kill me. 
And he says, you're doing the works of your own father. This is a father different to Abraham. We're not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. And he said to them, if, you, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and now I'm here. And we looked last time at what it means to love God. He says, I've not come on my own, but he sent me. John 8, 43. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Why were they not able to hear what they were saying, what he was saying? Well, let's see. This is the key verse. Verse 44 of John 8. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. That's to kill Jesus. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He's saying that by choosing to reject me and choosing to want to kill me, you are showing who you are following. You're not following God, you're following the devil. And I want to explore what Jesus meant when he says that the devil is the father of lies. To do that, I want to pick out the three major times in the Bible where the devil is accused of lying. Or, if you like, the three major things that the devil says. And we'll unpack them and see how they apply to Jesus. The first two go back to the story of Adam and Eve. And the first one is where the serpent, the representative of Satan, says, did God really say? to Eve, did God really say that? That you couldn't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Did God really say that? And the second thing is that he says, when Eve replies, well, we mustn't eat from this tree, otherwise we'll certainly die. He says, you will certainly not die. And the third thing comes from the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness where the devil says to Jesus, all this I will give you. So let's unpack those three lies of the devil. The first, did God really say? This comes from Genesis 3 and verse 1, as I've just said. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And we could apply this to lots of parts where there is that voice in our mind saying, does the Bible really say that? Does Jesus really mean that? Is that really true? Now I'm just going to pick out a few that have come already in John's Gospel. Did God really say, as was said, as John the writer tells us in John 1, 8, verse 12, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And there's this little voice that says, does God really say that? Can you and I really be God's children? Or is that for good people? Is that for different people to, to others? Am I outside of that? It, the Bible tells us that when we receive Jesus, we have the right to be loved and cared for as a child of God. To receive Jesus is simply to say, Lord, come, you're welcome. And remember, that's what they didn't do. They didn't follow on from Abraham who received the messenger of God. To receive Jesus is not about being good. 
it's not about being perfect. It's simply about saying, God, I, I need you and you're welcome. And John says that when we receive Jesus, we have the right to become children of God, given to us by God. And so that voice that says you don't belong in God's kingdom, that voice that says you're not worthy, that voice that says you are on the outside, that's a lie of the Satan. It's interesting that the name and word devil literally means slanderer or accuser. And that when this word diabolos, devil, is used, it's meaning the one who accuses. The writer John also wrote the great vision of Revelation. And in chapter 12, we read these words. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now has come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser, for the devil. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. In other words, Satan has been thrown out. The one who accused day and night saying you're not good enough. You're not really loved. Your sin means that God can't accept you into his family. The cross isn't really effective for you. And we go back to this lie did God really say? Did God really say that he loved the world so much that he gave his only son, Jesus, his only human form, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life? Are we so loved? Or is there a voice within us that says, I can understand how God loves other people, but he can't really love me. Or is there a voice within us that says, you need to be afraid of dying and that you will perish? Because Jesus says, you need to know that if you receive me, if you believe in me, if you just say, Lord, I, 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 I give myself to you, we won't perish. Death will be defeated. We will die, but it will be the doorway and the gateway to something far, far better. And that links us into that second lie of Satan in that story in Genesis where he says, you will certainly not die. The serpent says to the woman, look, this idea that mankind will perish or destruct and we can't live in paradise forever, the, the Satan says that's a lie. And we don't really need to repent and God's trying to keep us away and we don't really need to ask for God's mercy and forgiveness. Everybody's going to go to heaven and everybody's going to have eternal life. Jesus says, if you believe in me, you won't perish. Which by implication means that if we don't believe, we don't receive him, we will perish. Did God really say, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life? And did he carry on and really say, for God did not send his, world, his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him? And we did a number of studies on these two verses earlier in our series. You can find them on our YouTube channel or our website. 
But we will often say, did God really say that he's come to save us and not to condemn us? Because so much of religion seems about condemnation. So much of religion seems to be about excluding and, and throwing stones at people. And God has come to say, look, you don't need to perish. You don't need to miss out on heaven. Just come to me. Acknowledge your sin. Receive me. And sometimes we have this voice that says, did God really say? And we think that he's come to blame us. And he hasn't come to blame us. He's come to save us. We need to know that we need saving. But he hasn't come to reject. He's come to call us to himself. We are the ones who do the rejecting. And hopefully not. Did God really say I am the bread of life, that whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty? Did he really say that all you need is me and that I will satisfy in a way that all the things you run after in life that you think are absolutely essential to life don't? That even though you run after money and wealth, you'll still be thirsty. And even though you run after acceptance and love from other people, you will still be hungry. Did he really say? And that's the voice of Satan. We're saying, yeah, but this religious stuff, you need more than that. You need to be practical. You need to have uh, the stuff that this world will offer. And that links in to that third lie of Satan, to Jesus in the temptation, where he says to uh, Jesus, all this I will give you. Again, the devil the accuser, took him to a very high mountain, this is what we read in Matthew 4, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And it's a lie. That stuff in this life is better than following Jesus. Did God really say that he was all we needed, the bread of life? That's a lie of Satan to cause us to question whether God is satisfying. Did God really say, finally, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but have the light of life. And Satan will say, is that really the way of Jesus, the best way of life? Is that really the way that will lead us into light and truth? And Jesus says, look, you mustn't believe the lies of Satan. Did God really say? You certainly won't die. And all this you can have. He concluded, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? I'm telling you the truth. Why don't you believe me? And we might want to hear those words to us. Jesus saying, I'm telling you the truth. You are loved. You have the right to be my child. You can be saved from death. You need not perish. You can have all that satisfies truly in life. And you can have light. All you need is me. And everything else will find its natural place. Yes, we'll need money. Yes, we need relationships. Yes, we need community. 
but they come after Jesus. Whereas Satan will say, did he really say that? Is that really true? So our questions for reflection. What words of Jesus are we tempted to question? What is the thing that we hear from Jesus where perhaps we have this voice saying, did he really say that? Is that really true? Is that really dependable? Can you really place your life on those words? And then lastly, what lies of the devil have we believed? Maybe about our own value. Maybe about being accused. Maybe of saying we're not forgivable. Maybe of living with guilt that Jesus would long to take away. Let's pray together. Lord, help us to know your truth and not to believe the lies of the devil. Help us to trust your word, to trust that all that you have for us is good, that you love us, that you offer us forgiveness and that you alone satisfy. And Lord, just gently reveal to us where there are things that we believe or that are lies or where there are questions that we have that are based on lies. Lead us into truth, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.